0: Good morning. Good morning.
1: Good morning, America.
2: Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade,
0: what's going on? What it is, what it is. So as I was doing research for the show uh, yesterday or the day before that, uh, I, you know, I just I'll browse through Yahoo News and they have all their links aggregated to, you know, Fox Business, fucking Insider, whatever it is. I came across maybe the funniest headline I think I've heard in a long time, um, And it made me smile. Um (laughs) so this is from Fox News. Uh New York City corrections captain at Rikers Island dies in Dominican Republic after a Brazilian butt lift from bogus doctor. (laughs) I saw that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean like I've heard of such things, like people that are, you know, not actual licensed doctors who will advertise like, hey, come down for a nice Caribbean vacation and we'll do some plastic surgery on you. And, you know, of course they, they charge like, you know, illegal low levels of money to get you to <laughs> right. this. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, if I can had a corrections at records Island, basically a torture prison. Um, and apparently died of a stroke after well, having a uh, botched butt lift. <laughs> they won't be missed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Anyway, um, so yeah, let's just jump right into the real news. Yeah.
2: Well, so um, (laughs) before we get into like the the depressing shit that is the everyday, you mentioned I didn't watch it yet, but you mentioned the Obi Wan was really good this week. The uh, episode. Yeah.
0: So it was really good last week, and I thought, well, after they had such a great episode, it'll be like a slump. You know, like they're they're not gonna right because Boba Fett didn't string two good episodes together the entire season. No, (laughs) (laughs) they couldn't do that. They had they had the one good like the train chase episode that we shot really well but, yeah that was uh, good
2: yeah I, I liked all and i liked all the kind of stuff where he was with the uh with the Tuskins and everything but other than that it was a little yeah shaky yeah. but now what well, so last week's so, episode i i hadn't watched it at the time but i of course since have watched it the the incredible fucking um uh, caper <laughs> of, of you know them just trying to you know like get uh get away from reva and then they end up on the planet and you know they get on the 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 MAGA alien guy's fucking, like, you know, car- tra- cargo transport vehicle or whatever. Oh, yeah, that was, I love that. I love that. Great. I, I also love that the, um, you know, it, the Imperial logo, it, it was very, it was very, like, that was probably the most effective use of the Imperial logo, where he has literally just, like, a hand-painted or, like, spray-painted... <laughs> Like, white,
0: like, imperial logo on this black, like, you'd, you'd think the empire would have its own, you know, Punisher logo, MAGA stickers that they'd be, you know, selling across the galaxy.
2: It, but it had, it, I, I, the white on the black had a very, like, sun grad kind of, if, like, it, that's what it evoked for me. Like, that to me, because we've been seeing that so much on the uh, soldiers that were sending, you know, a, a $40 billion to the fucking black sun, which we know, you know, we've talked about before as, like, the famous Nazi uh insignia and it had a very similar look to that the way it was kind of stylized so hmm, yeah. i i don't think that was unintentional but um yeah no it was really a good upset and just I, I like the guy getting
0: sliced in half by gravity <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the fucking like oh that's you know maybe maybe yeah, those... have a fence that doesn't slice people it's just like all the osha things that in this <laughs> universe like oh a railing next to a thousand foot pit well but you we know what if that? it didn't then
2: they would just drive right through i mean it's you know those those things are no fucking joke like you don't want to you know that's like
1: i mean it's <laughs> the... literally
0: a pickup truck that's you know levitating off the ground you could just fucking fly over it why do you need The, the that? funniest thing to me is yeah. that Obi-Wan was trying to like figure out how to turn it off
2: and I'm like you can literally just walk around it you're on foot like there's a fucking there's like a, a little hut but there was like plenty of room behind it to just kind of walk up yeah. and around it
0: Remember then the last movie he was in where they're like fucking jumping 50 feet in the air like can't <laughs> what what happened to that no, right nothing. yeah that too you could just pick
2: lay up and jo- but uh but no I, I, yeah the Darth, the 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 Vader stuff and I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet it was fucking incredible and the yeah just
0: well you remember I told you last week how it was like the first scene in a Star Wars anything that like actually scared me <laughs> yeah yeah uh because it's it's like you know our our, our boy Ian, uh Ian mcgregor like it, anything that like even even fictionally you think might fuck his face up you're just like no he's too pretty don't do it <laughs> well and also you know he's got it in nine years in
2: canon look like alec guinness so you're like they're gonna fuck this guy up somehow they're gonna like stick him in like a fucking rapid aging you know machine or something uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> anyway to- it, it was it was just great even in the set piece for it was just like like, he's out in the middle of the desert, and there's, like, some mining crates, and apparently one had some kind of, like, flammable uh, yeah, some gem or f- something. Like, yeah, some bullshit. You it can't just made... see anything else right. around him. You can barely see them. You can just see there like, and, the, and that was so great. You don't have to have this giant, distracting CGI shit. You can just have it be in the dark, and that's scary as fuck. Right, you know? in
2: the fucking desert, like, in a real place or, like, a semi-real right. place. Like, just don't fucking, you don't need to make everything inside of your giant <sighs> yeah. television bubble.
0: And like that episode, too, this next one, the one that just was on last night, um it, none of it feels like it was shot in the volume. like none of it none of it feels fake like that. Um, I, I, yeah in, I re- in fact there yeah, was there was actually there's one big set piece. it's like a big open hanger mm-hmm. and it it really feels like they're actually like you know outdoors in it, which is like I mean, you know you no know they probably weren't, but it feels that way. like I, so one one thing that you uh, I, I've noticed about this show that you we haven't seen in star wars tv shows that they always have in the star wars movies is anytime you're in any kind of like imperial uh set the floor is always so shiny that it's just basically like it reflects everything it's like a mirror right. and for whatever reasons they haven't done that in any of the shows they've done since and they've they've definitely have corrected that and it, it makes it look that much better it's just one big detail of uh, the set production the set designing that i noticed was lacking in you know mandalorian and I don't think there even was any imperial settings for uh, Boba Fett, but uh, yeah, it looks great. It just it fucking looks so much better. Um,
1: well, and hey, the episode
0: overall, like really, it, it you, like that the level of uh, of tension from the last episode doesn't let up. It's like there the whole way through this episode. I think there's only six episodes of the sh- of the series, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yep, awesome. Only, so only I, two more. That's really just like a big movie because this has been very much a not like a episode of the week, you know, adventure of the week type thing, which I like. It's very
0: much, this could have just been its own movie. Yeah, no, it definitely and, could have. Um, which is, you know, like it, it, hopefully they do another season because who the fuck wouldn't want it?
2: <laughs> no, and it's been great so far. It's been nothing but hits. I mean, you know, I love Mandalorian, but there were episodes of Mandalorian that I was like, I could just do it completely without this episode. And Obi-Wan so far, you know, the first two were, were, were good. Not like great, but they were, you know, obviously play setters and the last episode and then you know the uh today's episode um if if you know what everyone's saying is to be believed are fucking bangers so it's yeah very good um and and you know it's it's crazy because like it when you really think about it what we're watching is just a fucking segmented sequel to the the most reviled, you know, era of Star Wars, which is the the, the prequels. <laughs> we're watching a fucking sequel to Revenge of the Sith, you know, broken out into six chunks. Right. But it's fucking great because there's enough time that's passed for the, you know, kind of stank of the first two prequel movies to kind of wear away. And like, you know, there's much better. And, and it's, I think the mistakes of those movies were that they looked I- I- like incredibly fake. Like everything in those movies looked like they were walking in front of right. a fucking, you know, in like a video game cutscene, and uh, you know, it, it's great that there's like a lot more attention to making the shit look realistic because there's—I mean—you're dealing with fucking incredible like desert scapes at night and like stars and fucking you know s- like space battles like that. Incredible, what should well, be incredible visuals and and to make it, them it look definitely
0: shows as- um, I think in the direction too, rather than having like six different directors direct six different episodes. Having one director direct all the episodes, I think, gives it a cohesion and and they gave it to like the best director of all the Mandalorian episodes, right? Right? No, (laughs) right? It was was kind of like an audition for this. They were like, we we can't let let a bunch of different people hack this up. We got to have one director vision for every episode or for every episode of this series.
2: And that's the problem with Mandalorian is like they have so many directors and there's some that are fucking great. Like Deborah Chow is incredible, Bryce Bryce Dallas Howard was incredible and when Filoni or Favreau you know the two creators direct fucking Robert Rodriguez (laughs) yeah like Robert Rodriguez just you know his episode of the Mandalorian I was not that great and like should have been a sign that like don't give him his own miniseries
0: just because he's a huge name Um (laughs) You know. uh, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, like, okay, like I don't, I don't know if the, the guy that directed Spy Kids is necessarily the best, best person to do something. For. It's look, got if a it's more, 1999
2: and and Robert Rodriguez just made fucking Desperado, yeah, hell yeah, let me see him do a fucking desert, you know, shoot like fucking gunslinger sort. Like, I would love to see that movie. You know, mm. the guy's in a different place as a creative. You know, it's just that happens over time. Like you just lose.
0: I mean, once you start making kids movies, it's just like, all right, you're you,
2: right. You're just saying like, look, I have kids now. I'm settled down. I, you know, this is a, a great steady, you know, 10 to 20 million dollars a year for me or whatever. Um, And, you know, that's that's what my life is now. But you I think you lose that that hunger a little bit as an as an artist when you start putting your creative energy into that, not even saying like, oh, don't be successful. You should. Mm-hmm totally be successful if it if it's afforded to you, but like, when, yeah, once you start working in that world, you're just not going to be making the shit that you used to make.
0: You also know. credit to this show for being way more violent than anything in Star Wars has ever been. Like, we've seen, yeah. you know, Darth Vader fucking you know, killing other Imperial people or force choking or whatever or, or, or killing rebel soldiers, but like he's just fucking snapping necks of children now. It's well, just
2: like, right. And that's the best like, thing that's happened yeah. in, in in the in the Disney era of ironically of of Star Wars is that, you know, Darth Vader's always been an intimidating presence because of his voice and the way he looks and how tall he is and how he you know, the stuff you hear about him doing but I mean, in if you watch the original trilogy, he doesn't do a ton physically. He's a fucking stiff. He can't move. You know, he, walk, he walks like Frankenstein. Right. Well, and
0: you, you, right, and it's all like through people's reaction to him that you think he's scary, but you never see him do any of those things right. that prove why. And then Rogue One, that incredible fucking you know the ending of
2: that movie, that hallway scene where it's just dark, pitch black and you got the soldiers like like terrified, like there's a fucking Velociraptor at the under other end of the right. the the you know the the hallway they're in and then the fucking red saber just goes up and he just you know annihilates those fucking guys they
0: shot that two weeks before the movie came out
2: yeah it wasn't even in the movie they were just like we need something else to end this with
0: and and well i I don't know if you've been watching season three of the boys i watched the first episode and a
2: half i gotta pick it back up tonight. so you
0: you saw the 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 joke about how they were like you know riffing on the Zack snyder cut Um, you know, pretending like the recasting, yeah, 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 yeah. of um, you know, the storm storm from the Nazis, they were pretending like all those reshoots were done due to like fans demanding it and not the (laughs) fact they had a huge PR (laughs) blunder, right? the, The guy who they, you know, like they name drop uh, as doing all the reshoots was actually the guy that did the reshoots for Rogue One, right. Which that's I thought awesome. thought kind of funny, but, that's um, awesome. so basically like he's, he's the fixer, he's the <laughs> fixer guy, <laughs> fix, fix the, the movie. But yeah, the, so that was the, yeah, they, they had already reshot a lot of that, but that hallway scene, they were just like, we need something else. And, um, it was actually the, the editor of the film that came up with the idea for that scene was like, I, I would love to have to be able to throw this scene in here right here and took the idea to Kathleen Kennedy. And for all her faults, she was like, i love it let's do it let's shoot it
2: <laughs> you just need that sometimes with shit like this where you're like I, I as a star wars fan would love to see this cool fucking thing that i've always had in my head that i've never seen that character do. you know i i think that there's folly in trying to construct a story around that which is what fucking rise of skywalker became but i, I think you know the idea of doing that occasionally is is great and it can be used effectively if you build a uh, uh an emotional you know uh actually thought out story around it so i i, I think yeah well, for sure and that disney's
0: whole thing is showing bloodless violence i get that and you know with a lightsaber it's like you know cauterizes the wound instantly so there's no blood right. um but the other thing is like they they don't oh, want to yeah. have a, it's what they call a replicable violence you know like could a kid see that and then go and do it and right. be like well i saw it in that thing well it's like well nobody can you know choke someone to death with their mind this, right. so it's this like you been... don't have to worry about that happening so which
2: which is um, stupid
0: because i mean you know whatever it, it that that was you
2: know that that was like the big complaint about pro wrestling for years Like, oh well kids can do that they could see it and do it and then they'll break their neck but people don't bat an eye at the fucking you know hours upon hours of a week of fucking military pro-military propaganda and pro-police propaganda that's you know just casually existing in every aspect of media and culture that doesn't people don't bat an eye at that and wonder why that's causing violence but you know
0: no i mean it's obviously fake shit the selling javelin missiles to nazis that right no that's fine kids can't get their hands on those can they no no yeah so let let, yeah so
2: and uh yeah i'm gonna check that out tonight and maybe we'll chat about next week but yeah it's very good so far and and the boys of course never fucking misses that Incredible scene with with the with the shrinking guy. I mean, just I couldn't even. T- I I won't, I won't spoil it for people that didn't see it, and it's also not something I even want to discuss like verbally. But the fucking. I, I got-
0: yeah, I had to get very drunk that night to like blot out the imagery
2: yeah I, I didn't i couldn't tell what it was at first i was like what is that hole oh oh that's what that hole is and then, i was like
0: that's not what the end of the opening of a year looks like for one but uh whatever we're not to, it's, it's not like it an anatomically matter anyway because like when he when he crawls in there like they didn't even pretend to try to make it look realistic it was just so over the top they're like let's just fucking have a red tunnel fuck it
2: and i could tell what he was doing the coke beforehand and he sneezed i was like oh god this is gonna be a tr- this is gonna be the gross one of the grossest things on the show on a show that's had some of the, I mean, that the fucking thing where they where they slam into the side of the giant beached whale last year is one of the grossest things I've ever seen, and I was like, oh, this might be worse, and yeah, no, it was
0: worse. Um, yeah, even <laughs> even the first season where they they you know acted out the the Thanos you know Ant Man in Thanos's ass uh, idea,
2: <laughs> right and that was kind of what this was too just like a reverse version but that that was another yeah. yeah another play on that but the th- just shows just so fucking great and like irreverent and funny and you know everyone on it's, it's a, fucking yeah, there's great a
0: guy um, I couldn't, a Guy does uh, YouTube reviews of movies who I watch occasionally I don't remember his name who the fuck cares but um, he had never watched any of the series so when he did his episodes one through three reviews he was reviewing the whole show and he's like I can't believe how many different things this show does really well like being irreverent and being poignant at the same time being politically topical um going after like everything and everybody as far as you know like going after right wing maga going after fucking bullshit liberals um they don't really get, you know go after left wing anything it's Well, stuff. it's it's the creator's, like
2: fair, fairly leftist i mean he's he's he, he, you know he considers himself i think he considers himself a progressive but the show's very anti-imperialist and you know understands that here superheroes are inherently fascist and america's inherently fascist
0: nation well it's like marvel's trying to figure out like well we got to come up with a compelling reason why this villain is the villain and Mm -hmm. it's like and these guys are just like no if anyone that has would have (laughs) these powers would immediately become the villain by virtue of being you know superior to everybody else like
2: literally being fucking like the the idea like right fucking homelander is literally you know america's favorite son and he's a fucking Absolute psychopath, like one of the great fucking television villains of all time. I think just character. Right. I mean, he's like I was watching. Uh, did you ever see? You saw Wedding Crashers back in the day?
0: Mm, no, what am my kind of like all, okay, that, right. that so, whole like group of
2: comedy. I never was. You know. It was more that was probably yeah. It was more like when I was in high school, so it was probably more of my kind of like when I was coming up. But <sighs> yeah, Bradley Cooper in that movie plays like an all time movie dickhead. And I was just watching that movie the other day because it was on TV, and I was like. This is just like, like, Homelander is just Bradley Cooper's character from Wedding Crashers if he had the most insane superpowers in the world. Like, just this fucking, can be, like, sort of fake nice, like, to people that he's trying to charm, but, like, not at all convincing and just an absolute fucking psychopath and, like, barely contained below the surface. Like, just great fucking
0: character. Oh, and just the contempt. Like, even the moments where he has to be nice for a few moments at a time, it's like, you can just sense his... Revulsion, <laughs> having to like when, perform that way.
2: <laughs> when, when, he, when he realizes he got double booked with fucking uh, the Deep on that like morning talk show, he's like, "What? What? What? Who booked you before me? What? No, uh, no, no, no. It's 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 totally fine. And, and like just the way he just can't like he can barely contain the, the the fact that he wants to like just fucking rip his head off and fling it across. Like it's just he's so good at like
0: yeah. The, yeah some great contradictions there. too, especially with, like when." You know, like when when storefronts like still still, even though she's been mutilated beyond recognition, still thinks that like you know he's he needs to be the leader of like the Fourth Reich or whatever. He's just <laughs> like, he's just like nah, I don't, nah, I don't really see that being a thing. But he's a complete fascist anyway. So it's like it's, what is, it's what so. Is- He's, but you know, like, doesn't quite get that brand of it because it would, you know, he doesn't care about anybody else enough to want to. You no, know, even... he's such a
2: sociopath; he doesn't care about anybody. Like, right? He doesn't have any kind of ideology, which is so funny because he's so. It's such a great representation of like America's flirtation with the Nazis over the years, you know, and and incorporating them into fucking society post World right. War Two, and where it's just like, yeah, well, just, you know, we,
0: we're too selfish to like even pretend to go join a, you know. Uh, a brigade of people <laughs> right. that are handing out shovels to plant trees and then inv- eventually invade It's home. like, no, we just want you to help us make money.
2: We don't give a fuck. We don't have any kind of idea. <laughs> that's basically Homelander's like kind of, yeah, right. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm the master race. We don't need a master race. Like, just, which was a great line. Fucking <laughs> right. just oh, so good. But yeah. So, all right, right. So let's get let's get into the, the, the fucking other psychopaths the, the that that actually, actually run the our yeah. the, the psychopaths that actually run our country. Um, we should start with one of the Chief Psychopath, Diane Feinstein, because she, um, you know, she's been in the news sporadically, mostly because, you know, it, it's getting harder and harder for people to pretend that she has not lost all of her mental faculty. It, it's it's and- the end
0: of 2001 as Dave's pulling the chips out of hell and hell's trying to, you know, talk to him and, and he's like literally saying like, Dave, I can feel it. My mind is going and he just like (laughs) gradually starts getting more and more, you know, slowing down and starts singing that fucking song, Daisy. Uh, And then it's just he just like can't he's like slurring his words and getting slower and slower. It's like literally it's 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 that bad. Um, And people have been kind of, you know, timidly reporting on this, you know, but staffers
2: have been doing it anonymously because they're anonymously. Right. Exactly. Fuck. We don't know what to do. Like to help us take her out of power. Like.
0: But Please. then, then this week, we got kind of a bombshell article from a, a woman named uh, Rebecca Traster for New York Magazine, or actually a blog owned by New York Magazine <laughs> called The Cut, whose motto on Instagram is style, self, culture, power, which sounds like it's parody, but it's not. It, it's, right. a, there's, a peri- there's a period after each word, too. <laughs> so it's it's... Like this is, this is the kind of shit that the boys... I, I was I just thinking, I was like, this yeah. is
2: a satire, like the satire version of GQ that would be on the boys, yeah. but yeah, now it's real. So the article
0: is very long. Uh, it took me uh, I think about almost 35 minutes to read the whole thing. Um, wow. But I think it's important to recognize the details here because the article... At first, there's a few c- contradicting, con- contradicting? contradictory, contradictory yeah. uh, statements that the author makes. Um, but ultimately, she's out to like end Feinstein's career with oh, shit. this shit. Uh, did you have a chance to read the whole thing? I, I read through some of it. I, I, could, yeah. I, I, I,
2: yeah, I'll admit, I did not be. Able, I was not able to read through the entire thing. Cause I'm so fucking insane this week, but yeah, it's, it,
0: it basically say like the thesis of this article is not just that you know Feinstein's mind is going because she's 88 years old and can't remember shit. The thesis of this article is essentially she's always been a terrible human being. Yep, that she's always just been a terrible person. And when yep. you, we am going to read through some of this here, and I'm not going to read thirty five minutes of article here, but I, I do want to read some of this stuff because it's it's just this this is one of these people that liberals hold up is a, is you know a Yas Queen Boss Lady, you know, and it's like it's it's the whole point of women running things is that they're supposed to be nicer than men, more empathetic, uh, less warmongering. But it's, the reality is the only women that get into power are the ones that are Psychos. trying to be just as fucking psychopath as, as the guys right, are right so let's see where to start here okay so let's start with this one uh, Feinstein has maintained that her devotion to centrism was born out of a uh, out of the tumult 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 yeah that's in tumultuous. Yeah. Out of the, born out of the tumult that led to her rise, this does not mean that Feinstein is a centrist, ideologically speaking. She <coughs> has a solid, a solidly Democratic voting record, and has occasionally taken positions progressively ahead of her party. Though in other instances, she has practically acted as Republican. I would
2: argue that's Gee, exactly what, what, what is centrist that definition is. of <laughs> like, What would you right? What? Oh God! Uh, yeah, Liber, so, liberals can't help themselves but but trip over themselves to to say that like. Democratic politicians aren't fucking aren't like <sighs> right wing like they clearly are but yeah. so
0: that, when I first read that I was like does this author know what the fuck she's talking about and then she continued on and I kind of realized like she's 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 trying to center Beat herself in. as a writer as being the centrist voice by you know claiming that Feinstein isn't necessarily centrist she's trying to establish herself as a um, reliable narrator for what comes later right right so uh, let's see Speaking of Feinstein, she's talking directly about her. Uh, She kept a fire turnout coat in the trunk of her car and would appear at at blazes dressed like a firefighter. She was photographed in a custom cut police uniform holding an emergency call radio and would listen to the police scanner while being driven around the city in her limousine. This is when she was mayor (laughs) of San Francisco.
2: Right. Which, by the Um, way, just real quick side note, the reason she, she was actually ready to quit politics because she was so like up in arms that she wasn't getting the positions that she thought she deserved, and she figured out a way to to basically, you know, boost herself into that seat after Harvey Milk got murdered, um, by Dan White, and that was like basically how her. First ascendancy to power, and she was in a terrible fucking right wing mayor in San Francisco. But I'm sure there's some of that in this article. But yeah, go ahead, keep keep going.
0: Yeah, uh, well, we already mentioned this many times before, but she famously um, flew the the Confederate flag at the city hall, R- flew it, and it, right, and it,
2: so it was there when she got there because they have like a whole like flag of nations thing. But any fucking rational person who's not a fucking raging racist a, a nation shit. That didn't exist <laughs> right right would take down this fake fucking country's flag um and not only did she fly it but like repeatedly when when you know civil rights activists or just you know human decency activists would cut it down she would order it to be put back up and like you know it, it to the point where that where where. They had to fucking literally come the middle of the night with like welding tools and cut the fucking flagpole down so they couldn't put it back up. That was the <laughs> that was the activist like so fucking she had, solution like, to it. Multiple Confederate flags
0: on deck to replace
2: it. Right? No, she was just ordering a bunch to keep them keep them in. Fu- yeah, <laughs> so, she's a fucking psychopath because so this- she was because she thought she was going to be VP the year Jarlene Ferraro ended up being the VP. Um, and she fucking was, was was trying to suck up to the Dixiecrats and that was the whole reason that she was doing that. Like they would even know about it back then. Right, know? they wouldn't have given a fuck, but yeah, right. So, so. This,
0: this line here is from uh, when she was a senator which she obviously is now. Uh, she has all of her aides around 70 people compile a two to four page report of everything they did during the week every week. Over the weekend Feinstein reads them and then quizzes individuals on their reports in an all staff Monday meeting. Some saw this gathering as democratizing. Others found them to be to- a tortured study in hierarchical pr- uh, protocols. Like, who on that staff found- would think that having to list off all the things you did that week in a report every week? Like, what a fucking waste was, of everyone's was, time. Who would think that that was democratizing? That's, that's the opposite of democratizing. Right. That's a fucking taskmaster who then wants to spend her whole weekend reading 70 different reports. What, the, what, the, what kind of fucking life is that?
2: No she's she's a psychopath and and yeah and by the time we get to the article that's just the, the larger discussion about why she's still doing this that I want to have but yeah so yeah keep going that's what a psycho though I mean so this unreal. is a little
0: bit more of a, a broad <clears throat> um, kind of uh, bit here but uh, so the author is sort of uh, editorializing a little bit on her own she says the absence of women and minorities from governing institutions is ghoulish. But, seemingly obvi- uh, uh, but the seemingly obvious remedy, putting those people in power, can often involve new participants simply recapitulating the standards set by those who preceded them. When Feinstein started in the Senate, she enforced its dress code, which reflected her own pearl-wearing respectability. No pantsuits for female staffers. They had to wear skirts or dresses. But even as Senate rules relaxed, Feinstein kept her standards intact. As recently as 2017, it was reported that women in her office were required to wear stockings and skirts of a certain length. Her very first speech on the Senate floor was in support of Bill Clinton's landmark passage of the Family and Medical Leave Act. But when it came to the leave policy in her own office, she was behind the curve. In 2014, Feinstein's office provided only six weeks of paid family leave, half of what many younger senators were offering, uh, both new mothers and fathers three th- th- even even three months is
2: fucking psychotic to be like hey you just you just popped the kid out like a newborn kid that nobody else can take care of get back to work in fucking 90 days like what do? you that's right. fucking psychotic and well, no other rational if country if would
0: you know somebody who's uh working on capitol hill and you're you're on the staff or a u.s senator like you're gonna be somebody who's very career minded and having that little time off you're might just be like, all right, I'm not having kids then. I just clearly right. don't have time for this. But right. also, like, you're probably a terrible person, too, if that's your deciding factor for whether you want children or not. You're probably um, also a terrible person if you want to work for Diane Feinstein, but that's, you know, again, yes. neither here nor yeah. there. But um, So mm-hmm. this is... Uh, I'm missing a word here. It got deleted. All right, so it could be difficult to leave her employment, several former staffers told me. She understood it to be a slight... One former aide who took another job on the Hill remembered Feinstein saying, quote, it's really unfortunate you are leaving. You had great potential. Not you. you Not you have great potential, but you had implying that once you leave my employment, your potential is over. Your only your only potential was because of me is what she's trying to say. Right. What she's saying (laughs) with that statement. Right. I I mean, it's like when I left State Department, my supervisor was crushed that I left because she didn't know I was leaving um but you know she was just like oh that you know i'm really i'm sorry to have you go you were great you know to to work or to have to work with that's what like a normal person says when right. somebody <laughs> leaves it's yeah so like, thank
2: you for for the for you know being so helpful and like yeah it's sad to see you go like <laughs> You know, unless you were just a complete shit, which you know it is very rare, and I'm sure was not the hey. case for her staff. Her staffers put up with fucking way worse than than most people probably put up with. So yeah, just just what a, a total fucking piece of shit through and through, Diane Feinstein. All
0: right, next line here. Feinstein implored her colleagues to act after the murders of 20 school children in Sandy Hook in 2012. "Quote, so show some guts," she said, kind of. Poor Choice Awards uh, after a shooting. Um, she told the New York Times that one reason the Senate could no longer pass an assault weapons ban was the rising abuse of the filibuster. Of course, Feinstein has been unwilling to commit to ending it. it, it again, like they they want it there so they can, you know, pretend that they can't get anything done because they, they don't want anything done. Uh, what I suggest to Feinstein that the partisan hardening has been asymmetrical that her uh, her Republican colleagues have grown more radical and rigid while she and many of her fellow uh, Democratic leaders have been all too willing to compromise. She responded, quote, Well, yes, I think that's not inaccurate. I think it's an accurate statement. Uh, What do you first say about Democrats moving? I repeated that it was the right that had gotten more inflexible while Democrats have been willing to cede ground. Quote, I'm not sure, she responded, quote, but it's different. There's no question about it. And I think there is much more party control. When I came to the Senate, we spoke out and we learned the hard way and we took action. And it was clear that that was uh, was happening with weapons in the country. And it still is. And in a way, the weapons issue was a good one because we were able to pass the first bill. When was it, Tom? Menser, her assistant, reminded her that the assault weapons ban was passed in 1994. (laughs) So, like doesn't doesn't you know everyone's like oh well she remembered stuff from her past just not new things it's like no she doesn't remember when they passed the fucking hey, you, by the way you know what remembering things from your
2: past but not having short-term memory is a sign of dementia that's what that is that's literally what dementia is right you, rem- you remember shit from the past and actually you remember it like it's happening currently which is like a big fucking indicator that somebody has dementia is that they can't remember current
0: like things that are happening now so just one last one here, and this is kind of the, the author wrapping it up. I don't remember if this is the last paragraph or close to it, but uh, the writer here says, the crowds who came through the door with battering rams on January uh, in January 2021 looking to kill a vice president surely had uh, chilling echoes for Feinstein. But days later, in the name of the Senate, she was defending Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, a man who had offered up a sign of solidarity to the insurrectionists. In their attempts to delegitimize the election of Joe Biden, quote, I think the Senate is a place of freedom, she told reporters, quote, and people come here to speak their peace and they do and they provide a kind of leadership. In some cases, it's positive. In some cases, maybe not. A a lot of that depends on who's looking and what uh, and what party they are. And then it ends with a quote from another person here. Uh, regarding Feinstein, she's like Charlie Brown in the football said Delilah Lithwick, uh, Slate's senior legal analyst describing Feinstein's unstinting belief that her institutional or that her institution is still functional quote but she doesn't see that the whole football field is on fire <laughs> I think and, that, and that's the whole thing is like the article I think it was called like Diane Feinstein institutionalist that like she's so just committed to the institution. That doesn't work. That she <laughs> just doesn't care that it doesn't well, work. That, that, and, that, right. You know, the authority is the, is the most important thing to uphold, regardless of how ineffectual it is. And, like, you just, you can't think that way. If you're trying to stop evil, which I would argue, like, the, the you know, Andy and Roe v. Wade is evil, um, and then you just go along with it. And you, you just... I- it, yeah it, like where's where's the opposition which which party is the opposition so, party i, I don't I, see it
2: i would argue that Diane feinstein thinks that things are are actually and and is right in in the way that she thinks that things are going great for what she wants because she has always been she's right, rich she's rich she grew up <laughs> she's a right-wing piece of shit she she genuinely she you know what she she Uh, her father was like chief of, uh, surgery at a very prestigious California medical center. She, uh, her mother was fucked up, like had like major drinking issues and like manic psychosis, like was committed for a while. So she's always had a fucked up, but also privileged life. So, you know, just to, to guarantee to turn out like the worst person in the world. Um, she, she, you know went to Stanford, like, didn't worry at all about money her entire life. So she's always had a rich, privileged um, upbringing, and she, you know, grew up to be a psychopath. And the thing is, like, I think that there were not a lot of paths for her as a woman in politics within the Republican Party back then, but there were paths within the Democratic Party. And policy has never really been a thing that she's ever given a shit about. Like, what is her fucking landmark you know policy when she's been in politics for longer than most of our parents have been fucking alive and yet she's got no you know she's not really you know ever been an advocate for any major policies outside of like fuck you stupid kids i'm not going to do well, anything about is, the cl- you
0: know the, the one thing people will give her credit for yeah. was um you know co-authoring the uh, report on cia torture but the cia was allowed to redact parts of the report that they but she voted for
2: every fucking bush era you know right. <laughs> war, like what the fuck so right you right oh yeah CIA you should have been torturing even though I voted to fucking let you guys go into Afghanistan so and Iraq we, we,
0: and you know we have this we have this senate that's supposed to be like you know the highest authority mm-hmm. and it's like but but we let this military intelligence agency overrule it right like who, who is in charge here what the fuck? The, the, the thing that they really
2: didn't like is that the CIA was spying and the FBI were spying on them. Like that's when they really were like, "Oh, this is this has got to stop. Something's got to be done." Right. Like, that was the only right. thing that really bothered them is that they were like, "Oh, you're listening to our calls too, you motherfuckers!" And like,
0: then if if you recall, the woman who, at the CIA who was in charge of deciding uh, that nobody at the CIA would get in trouble for hacking into Senate computers, um, Joe Biden appointed to be head of the. Um, it's above the CIA. It's like the the. Oh, I what the fuck? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I, I... Fuck, what was her name? Um,
0: it's like the National Intelligence Director, I think is, is the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. That's the person Biden put into a, a, the, basically a position higher than the CIA was the woman that decided that nobody who spied on the Senate in the yeah, Senate... Avril Haines. Avril yeah. Haines.
2: Yep. <laughs> I remember her name, but yeah.
0: Oh, this administration. I have <sighs> one, one last little bit here on the Feinstein yeah. thing. Uh, just a, a tweet from a random guy uh, that kind of summed it up pretty well. The dying Feinstein profile is really about how a generation of liberals decided to throw their weight behind maintaining institutions, even after they were co-opted by the right and failing to build any competing ones of their own. I would argue because they are, they never wanted to, they're also on the right, (laughs) right? They (laughs) They never wanted things. I think Dianne
2: Feinstein loved the idea of having power and control because she was always, you know, rich and privileged, but she was also a woman growing up at a time where there were not a lot of positions of power for women. And she saw that as her opportunity to have that and have, you know that agency so i think she she always has just craved power and she's a fucking bajillion years old right now has more money than any of us would ever know what to do with
0: and yeah, she's, still- she's 10 years older than bernie people saying oh bernie's too old to run for Br- are you fucking kidding me right and she's <laughs> she's you know fucking
2: like you know basically making the senate into an adult daycare you know, hoping she doesn't shit her depends because, like, she's like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Like, what do you, what did you work your entire life for? Because you have no major policy, uh, you know, victories in your entire fucking
0: century long political career. Like, what it's, are you doing no. with your life? Go it's, fucking it's live on a beach. It's the ego of. You know, when you see someone like Bernie Sanders, he's like, how can we empower young people to be the next generation to come up and do whatever? And you see someone like Feinstein, and she's like, you know, nobody can do this better than me. I have to hold on to the reins as long as possible. I'm not concerned with lifting up people younger than me to take over. There's no mentorship. There's no apprenticeship. It's just I'm going to be here till the day I die.
2: Right. And, and Bernie might be too, but the, for very different reasons. They're both going to die very frustrated, and Bernie's going to die frustrated because he wasn't able to do everything that he wanted to do to help people. And she's going to die frustrated because she's not going to have anyone to lord her fucking power over anymore. And that's the key difference between people like Diane Feinstein and Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and mo- almost the entirety of the Democratic Party and someone like Bernie Sanders, who they fucking hate and scorn because that's you know he, he's the last of a dying breed of a and person that's, that's the reason why they
0: hate him. him because he's he's the, he's the good one you know right I think not without his faults but
2: right and he's been you know largely <laughs> neutered and beaten down we've talked about that ad nauseum but at the end of the day I, I never I'll never not think that he you know thinks that he's doing the right thing in order to actually do the most good even if I don't agree with him at all about how he's you know doing it so yeah and I can't say that about anybody else in fucking in, in political power in DC yeah, you know. not even,
0: not even the fucking squad. No, like, fuck I think no. the only that, that, person in the that squad that out. hasn't completely disappointed me is Rashida Tlaib. Right. Um, I have one little bit here from uh, on Biden. Um, this is probably from Politico or the Hill. I'm not sure which uh, headline. Biden Tuesday's primary sent a clear message that voters want tough on crime policies. <laughs> Just, oh uh, my
2: god it's fucking 1994 all over again just yep. fucking kill me yep. like fucking, the, fucking kill me.
0: The, the dream team's going to the olympics baby it's 94 <laughs> oh uh, really
2: you mean th- th- yeah that's that's a great indicator of fucking you know because the richest fucking city full of psychotic right wing would kill a homeless person if they could get away with it liberals voted you know out a progressive fucking prosecutor who's actually trying to Fix the broken criminal justice system in San Francisco. Yeah, that's that's definitely a sign that all voters everywhere want more tough on crime. They want I more mean,
0: d- just the, the, the you got to realize that, like, when it comes to people's own wealth, every liberal is a raging right-wing oh, right wing. Oh, Right.
2: They're to the right of the MAGA it, guys. I mean, I mean it's the, great.
0: the people who that I follow from San Francisco, like I've had to unfollow a bunch of people that I used to follow that were like, you know, urbanist bicycle, whatever uh type people because they had such fucking racist and anti-homeless views right that you know and, and just a complete market urbanist type too where it's just like well we need to if we build more condos then the you know then we'll stabilize the rents it's like it, it never works that way and they i don't know if it's because i think it's the, they they're smart enough to know it's not but they all have like a a, a you know like a they all have some kind of game that they will bet. It. Like they're all like a fucking landlord or something. I swear, it's all—it's
2: it's right. The, the whiteness intrudes. Like they can't, but like they can't help but like try to, you know. At the end of the day, even though they try to claim that they're trying to do good and they want to see things like you know homelessness get eradicated, you know their their own personal comfort will always intrude in that situation. So, so it's always like, yeah, well, of course I want to see that done, but you know, not where they, I live.
0: They, they want to, you know, they want to build a shitload of condos to raise their property value, not to lower the rent. Right. right? And building that... a bunch of uh, luxury condos that nobody who's homeless can afford is not going to solve the affordable housing crisis. And, and, and then on top of that, you'll see reports where it's like, Oh, actually there's 20,000 empty apartments in San Francisco. So wait, what? Wh- why is the price of rent going crazy if there's that many vacant units? So it's it's all speculation. I mean, l- literally, the the price of your rent for an apartment is determined by your landlord or management company calling a bunch of other properties in that area and figuring out what the average is, and then going, okay, well, we can jump, at, you know, five percent above that. Right. And that's how it
2: is. So it's it's
0: like it's as it's ed-
2: as an uneducated person, I would call that collusion. But
0: you know what? What do I what, what right, do I it's, know? It's a cooperative monopoly, is right. what it is. It's it's instead of competing. And having to, you know, landlords having to lower their price to get someone to rent there, it's like, oh, well, you're all charging that much. I can afford to charge 10% above that.
2: You know, this is that's... literally something that, that you know, is just a complete byproduct of capitalism, and the answer to this, you know, in a, in a socialist kind of hybrid system would be, well, this is the maximum rent you can charge anywhere in America. This is the federally mandated national rent maximum that you can charge, and if you charge more than that, we'll throw you in fucking jail, you fucking parasites. Like, that's That's the actual answer to that, you know, beyond just, hey, here's a bunch of houses for people, which should be the fucking default answer. Is Like, you know, you're you're literally fucking, you know, we shouldn't live in a society this rich where people don't have a fucking place to live. But, you know, even in their fucking psychotic, you know, blood sucking capitalist system. Yeah. Any sane country. But like, this is the maximum or barring that this is here's here's two thousand dollars every month for every citizen and then, you know, use that to pay rent and whatever else. No, they just,
0: they just raise the rent. There'd be no control. I mean, the only, th- the only thing that is uh, sustainable would be, you know, like mandate Burns. federally
2: mandated, you know, actual fucking like pricing
0: community land trust. Yeah. Bernie Sanders founded the largest community land trust in North America. And it's just, it's rent that is capped at a certain percentage in perpetuity and managed by a nonprofit uh, corporation you know it's like it's just that simple and every time that i you know i I get into an argument with one of these fucking yimby's who you know you know they're all they're all well-educated people but they deliberately have latched on to uh, market urbanism as divinity and every time i bring up you know this thing oh oh, public housing that failed it's like we're we're not talking about public housing we're talking about a community land trust they're like well you can't do that everywhere it's like why not why the fuck not (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> it's so when you when you even propose a solution that's that's working. And public
2: housing only fails because it's designed to fail and it's made to fail and right it, 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 you've they, seen that
0: prude Igo documentary, right?
2: No. What what what, what documentary?
0: pruitt Igo was the name of the housing project in St. Louis in the nineteen fifties that was uh, you know the solution oh, to the yeah, ghetto yeah,
2: yeah yeah i watched that we watched actually an intro yeah. documentary filmmaking in, right. uh, in college yeah that was great right, right
0: and it was designed to fail in order to basically put a pox on public housing all over right. the country and to basically just like you know uh basically design high-rise condos like vertical prisons so even though the ghetto was you know looked dilapidated you know having everybody in just you know human scale buildings two three four stories and that was it but all having you know front stoops that all faced each other made for a very connected community. And when you isolated people, basically jail cells going up 25, 30 stories, no one could interact with each other. And on top of that, it, because it was public housing, they had all these restrictive rules about who could actually live there. And one of the rules, I think we mentioned this even last week was that um, it was only, it could only be for single mothers and their children. So if they had a father, the father was not allowed to live there. So just like deliberately trying just, to break just up, just the
2: most deliberately racist fucking policy imaginable. Right. Like you know, just the what the most racist. Well, oh, there's no father, so only the, the 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 black mothers with the kids can live there. You know, that's the only people we want to actually give a give a hand to. So this way, we can say that we're actually trying to do something about the. You know, you you could just see the fucking cogs turning in the meeting. With just oozing fucking,
0: racism, right? Oozing racism, and within I think it was just within 15, 20 years, the whole thing was demolished. Because it just a complete breakdown of society. Um, right. and they, you know, also didn't do any maintenance, you know, like, oh, we're just not gonna fix the lights of the elevator. So people, you know, were just like, okay, well, if nothing's worth fixing, then I'm just gonna smash everything. So right. I mean, bro- broken windows is, is a real theory. It's just not a theory that should be ever applied to policing. But right. yeah, I mean, if you if you just leave something broken long enough, more people will start breaking shit around it. That is just undeniably true. Right. Um, So, yeah, Joe Biden, who thinks we need to have more of that, more tough on crime policies. Uh, So President Biden said that Tuesday's primary results in California, Mississippi and other states sent a message that voters want leaders who can take a tough stance on crime. Quote, I think voters sent a clear message last night. Both parties have to step up and do something about crime. As well as gun violence, Biden told reporters on Wednesday before boarding Air Force One to travel to California. He called on states and localities to spend billions of dollars allocated in the American Rescue Plan to, quote, hire police officers and reform police departments. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. That money that was supposed to go to COVID relief and COVID, you know, the the COVID relief that's completely dried up and you can't even get a free fucking test anymore if you don't have insurance like that money.
0: When Lori Lightfoot took $290 million for, of our COVID relief federal COVID relief money and gave it to the Chicago police department. Joe Biden wants to see more of that being done across cities in America. So last sentence here, the president held an event at the white house last month to call on mayors and local leaders to use funds from the American rescue plan to bulk up police forces and safety programs ahead of the summer months. So yeah, just, just, like oh the cities it's the problem is black people so let's have more more cops and more money for cops yep yeah yep. The, the police departments who uh largely white who uh when there is a real crisis sit on their fucking ass and don't do shit
2: right right which we've seen you know time and time again we talked of course about the the uh the, the school shooting in uvalde texas um we actually have a clip this week that so you know we we've talked repeatedly about the 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 obviously bullshit story that the cops have have, you know i I don't even know which one but the the one of 15 bullshit stories that they've tried to peddle as an excuse and i mean it's becoming more and more clear that they shot a kid and they they're just trying to cover it up i mean i think that at this point for for me that's all that 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 this could be about uh,
0: yeah uh so this was from wall street journal headline poor police radio reception caused confusion in texas school shootings response officials say yeah. So apparently the uh, the the building is so uh, impervious to electromagnetic signals that uh, the children could call nine one one on their cellular phones, uh, but the police radios don't work somehow. Right. The, the police radios that have uh, always worked long before we even had cell phones suddenly don't work anymore. That's funny.
2: It's weird how that works. Um, yeah. So we we talked repeatedly about the the clips of the the parents outside of the school, like like you know trying to run in, begging the cops to fucking do their jobs, you know, being detained by the cops and even like, you know, threatened to be tased and handcuffed, like just, just literally anything they could do to not fucking go in and do the one thing that, that is their useful utility in society. So, uh, we even the- mentioned
0: this woman specifically, we, we did, did I, yeah, you heard about this woman who had been handcuffed trying to go in. And then she talked the cops into unhandcuffing her, and then she fucking jumped the fence and ran in anyway. Right, so so th- this, this clip is of that woman speaking yes. out for the first time. so yes, this is her on the
2: local news uh, speaking out.
1: Arrest you because you're being very uncooperative. I said, well, you're gonna have to arrest me because I'm going in there, and I'm telling you right now, I don't see none of y'all in there. Y'all are standing with snipers, and y'all are far away. I, if y'all don't go in there, I'm going in there. He immediately put me in cuffs. She says after Evaldi police officers told marshals to uncuff Gomez, she ran towards the school. As soon as they uncuffed me, I jumped that first gate fence. And once I jumped it, I went to my son's class. And I knocked on the door and I remember the teacher saying, um, I'm like, hey, they're already, they're already um, bulge cutting the fence to get me. She's like, you think we have time to get out? I said, you'll have time. I'm going to run for my other son. Once she was assured her son was OK, Gomez ran to get her other
0: child, encountering more officers who tried to stop her.
1: So I start yelling and I'm being a cooperative and I'm like, well, y'all aren't doing shit. What are y'all doing? Y'all ain't doing shit. Y'all need to be in here. Give me your best. Somebody give me a best, Some, something. I started paying attention to how far the shots were being so that I knew the shooter was all the way still by my first son's class. So when I went to my, son, my second son's door, the teacher didn't want to open the door for me. So that's when they started um, escorting me out. And as I, as I see that they're opening my son's door, I go run for my son and I get him. With both of her kids out safe, Gomez still can't shake the thought of those who didn't make it. While you were inside the school, did you see officers inside the school? There was not one officer inside the school when I In ran to my son's class. There was not one officer. And you were hearing gunshots, so you knew you that could hear the it gunshots. was an active shooter. You could hear the gunshots. It was still active. The gunshots were still active. They were not in there. There was no one in there. If anything, when I pulled up, my car was closer to the school than that. Where than where the snipers and everybody that was laying on Jesus. the ground were. When you heard that it took law enforcement 75 minutes before they went in and stopped the shooter, what was your thinking, having been inside the school yourself? I don't know. I was just thinking that they could have saved many more lives. They could have gone into that classroom and maybe two or three would have been gone, but they could have saved a, whole, a whole more, the whole class. They could have done something, gone through the window, sniped them through the window. I mean, something, but nothing was being done. If anything, they were being more aggressive on us parents that were willing to go in there. And like I told one of the officers, I don't need you to protect me, get away from me. I don't need your protection. If anything, I need you to go in there with me to go protect my kids. And if anything, they were being more aggressive on us. They were more pertained on keeping us back than getting into that school. You know,
2: this is. Yeah. Just incredible <sighs> fucking it's, harrowing it's- to even hear. But I mean, yeah, this little and, and fucking. It wasn't just
0: the parents. It wasn't just the parents trying to go in. The owner of the funeral home across the street went and got his gun any and tried to go fucking, in there he fucking, tried right right so they the, the, they always say like oh you know the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun well there was a good guy with a gun and the police wouldn't let him in right there was no, a no, well, that's the
2: other bad guys with a gun that was the issue there's exactly. too many other <laughs> that, was, that was the issue there are too many bad guys with a gun but th- i mean look any fucking if your fucking kid or your family or your wife or your girlfriend or your whatever was was trapped in a place with a fucking guy you know, who is going door to door shooting people, you would literally fucking kill somebody to get past them to get into that building. And the fact that this little fucking woman like got past these, these, you know these, these big fucking meat, roided out meathead fucking cops that did nothing and fucking cowered behind their police cruisers and sat there on their fucking phones.
0: And you know, that fence was higher than she was, like, the, they don't you, oh, you know, no, what yeah, fences they put around schools are basically like the, almost as high as the fucking right. prison, it's, it's,
2: fences. It's right? Because schools are prisons nowadays because cops literally do fucking nothing to prevent mass shootings, among 6,000 other reasons, you know, the uh, availability of guns. But yeah, cop schools are fucking minimum security prisons at this point i mean you you can't even get into one without fucking you know ringing a buzzer and um but but I
0: i will say just one little bit to to their credit the it was it was the border patrol guys who showed up who were supposed to go in who were told to stand to stand down Oh, they're um, they
2: used to cracking skulls. They had no problem. <laughs> they were like, "Let's fucking rock and roll."
0: Like, well, they they were they were like, "What are we doing here? If we're not gonna go in and stop this fucking guy, like we, we want to kill well, this well, guy?" It,
2: it literally, yeah. While while yeah, the Valdez SWAT team was was sitting there in their fucking vests, their cosplay vests because they're not so, actual fucking.
0: So they said over the radio, we're going in and they were ordered. They were ordered. Do not breach. Do not breach that door and they just ignored it.
2: Right. Which is which is fucking (laughs) So, you know, a little
0: bit of hope that at least, you know. Right. And look,
2: and Border Patrol are typically fucking psychopaths, but at least they knew that like this is like literally the one thing that they're useful for in society is stopping psychos with guns and, you know, the Uvalde Police Department, like most local PDs are full of fucking fat, lazy you know, Fucking fake tough guy cosplayers who just go home and beat their wives and don't do anything to actually protect the community. They have no fucking desire. To protect the community, they don't get into. It's like politicians. Like no, anybody who wants the job shouldn't actually have it. Like it should be a job that you're forced into because you're too good of a person to not be in that position. Right? Like you know. Well, apparently
0: they had no. They had so many different departments on their on on scene that like uh, one of the big problems was bureaucracy and people. You know, they didn't know who was in charge, and they're all they're so trained to you know obey that chain of command that there were people there, there were officers that wanted to go in and were just ordered not to. And, you know, eventually some of them finally broke ranks. Thank God. But
2: it was a bad eighties move. Like, Oh, what do you think you're doing here? This is my crime scene. I don't think so. Get behind the, leg. you know, like it was just one of those. Fucking-
0: like the FBI rolls up and like, we're, we're in, charge in charge now. Right? And someone's like, actually, no, you're not because the I'm, you I'm, the, I'm the head of the four person police uh, department or, or the, <laughs> the four person school assigned police department had rank there. Like, why would you have a guy who was in charge of literally only three other officers be the commander on that scene? That yeah. makes no fucking sense. Like, right. it sh- it should. I mean, if there is a hierarchy, it should be, th- whatever the federal enforcement shows up, they're in charge. That's just how oh, And just
2: deed. FYI for people that that think that school resource officers are somehow a good idea to stop shootings. Uh, zero times has a school resource officer ever stopped or significantly slowed a school shooter, but 52 school resource officers have been arrested for molestation. So, you know, just in case you think it's a great idea to stick psychos like that in fucking schools. Uh, yeah, no, not, yeah, not How, not, many, a good how many videos
0: have we seen of a cop who's easily slamming like a 14
2: year old black girl's head body slamming a yeah.
0: child that weighs less than 100 pounds to the floor? And yeah. You know, giving them concussions, we've seen that over and over and over.
2: You think they do that to like a white, like pimply school shooter once or twice? Like that might actually be useful. Well, that kid they
0: respect. They're like, oh, he's got more firepower than me. There's nothing I can do. I can only beat up on people weaker than me. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I guess you know, I never, never like to say good things about cops, but thank you know, thankfully there was some cops there that disobeyed orders and did the fucking job they're supposed to. Right. Um. Yeah. Ugh. feel gross even (laughs) saying that but well (laughs) we're trying to be objective we're trying to be objective here no
2: and right you know yeah and speaking of gross things we should we should mention uh our our secretary of state anthony blinken because he you know he he it's amazing to me that someone as shameless and and psychotic as him actually does public speaking events and he does like commencement speeches like we i'm sure everyone saw that great I, i think it was like last week or the week before where he was giving a commencement speech at a college and the Palestinian woman like shook everyone's hand and then like walked right past his outstretched. Hand oh yeah. yeah. And the, and
0: the, and the very next guy's hand she shaked was a old white guy too. And he was just, you could tell that there was a moment where like the second guy was like, is she not going to shake my hand? And he, was, <laughs> he was like really happy that she shook his hand. He was like, Oh, I get it. I get why she didn't shake that guy. Right, Cause hand that now.
2: guy probably was like, fuck this asshole too. Like he was just like, Oh, Nice well played well played Yeah.
0: well if you really want to disrespect somebody by not shaking their hand you you make sure that you shake the very next hand oh a hundred percent a (laughs) hundred
2: percent i mean it's literally that fucking key key and And that
0: guy probably had some fucking awful shit too but she was like i need to make this clear
2: (laughs) right it needs to be visually very clear what i'm doing um so yeah he was at a speaking engagement um and and i I don't really know that how this setup came but you know abby martin uh, who does great work, uh, you know, especially in regards to U.S. imperialism, uh, was I guess she was she knew this was going down. She attended. I'm not sure if she was invited. What the scenario was, but
0: I think this is like a this is for the um, the meeting of the Americas, which right. is, Some, just sounds like, like the a school CIA the front yeah, shit. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like how do how do we how do we. Uh, Make it, you know, basically. What, what are the streets... next
2: steps in our fucking CIA-funded proxy war right. in, in, in Ukraine? There, there yeah. was
0: a clip from the the uh, White House uh, press secretary today where she was asked a question about, you know, are you supporting Bolsonaro in Brazil? And she's like, well, I can't come on that, comment on that, but I can make, I can, I can tell you that we uh, firmly support the interim government of of uh, Venezuela, <laughs> uh, President. Juan Guido, It, just, it was like she, you didn't even ask about Venezuela. What the f-
2: <laughs> what? right? She's like, which right? What what other brown person can I can I comes to mind when I think of the bullshit fake fucking CIA props we're propping up? They're yeah. like, well, we don't have one in Brazil yet because we don't like Lula, but you know, it's 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 icky to say that we're supporting Bolsonaro, even though we kind of low key are so. I, I can't really comment on that at this time, but uh, but yeah, here's our fucking and Gina Nez is about to go to prison, so we can't talk about her anymore. Um, oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> she, there, she's
0: looking at what fifteen fucking
2: years. Yeah, good fucking riddance, you stupid fucking Barbie CIA piece of shit. I know um, they all,
0: they all have to fucking bleach their hair. <laughs> you know, it's like this, well, no,
2: because it's it's the ultimate sign of whiteness, and that's the... yeah, that that, right. that makes that makes the
0: white American CIA spooks comfortable it's, with her. Fucking, she's got like the 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 frosted fucking Homelander tips thing right? On. It's just awful. <laughs> we all,
2: what, what, yeah, just, what a low-key great fucking costuming or, you know, like, look decision to, to give him those frosted tips. Those obviously frosted tips with his black roots showing. Like, what a well, great... Well, and if you, ever,
0: if you ever see like, uh, it's Anthony Starr is the actor's name.
2: Oh, yeah, he looks very different. It's it's it's, it's
0: weird, like, he, to see him out of... so fucking di- He looks like such a nice guy. Like, I would be he, fucking friends with that guy. He looks, uh, and he is. He seems like the coolest guy when you hear him in interviews. He
2: He's very like calm and like nice and friendly, but yeah, it, it's amazing that he well, the gets the to that, that place. The thing he does is
0: so disturbing when he plays that character. he, he kind of like deliberately kind of uh, forces his jaw? He's to, always like like he's holding be, a kinda, shit like, in, right? Yeah, and he does this kind of like like inward smile thing where he's like try, like smiling but like hiding his lips. That makes it look like he's like almost in pain at all times, which is like a really weird choice for an actor, but it's so effective at, at just looking disturbing. Cause he wants to kill everybody. Like
2: he just fucking hates everybody. And he, cause cause you know, he's just such a fucking basket case in so many ways that he, he always is like a bundle of barely contained rage. Yeah. So,
0: well, yeah, I'm sure that Anthony Starr probably like sat in front of the mirror for hours trying to come up with like some kind of facial contortion that would be unique to that character. Right? They would just disturb all of us. So and good it, job it's, for it's him. great,
2: like that, just that little scene where he's in the hallway with fucking uh, A, a- train. I don't forget his name. The speed. Yeah, A train. Um, and and he's like, "Hey, you're getting fat. Stop eating those. F- is that a milk? What, what kind of milkshake is that? What is it? And 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 where he literally like just grabs him and almost fucking his eyes start turning red, like he's gonna fucking laser him because he hasn't you know run a race in like a, m- a couple months or whatever like, like he even cares if
0: he's fat he's just concerned with image you know that's that's right. all that matters he's, he's to just him. a
2: psychopath absolute superficial psychopath but yeah um, he yeah. don't look at me
0: different either so I'm like fat what fat isn't right yeah, I know <laughs> because he's,
2: he's just a sight psych- he just, he's just a he's, he's a typical like like really dip, like repressed fucked up kid who turns into that psychotic you know like pulls the wings off of a of a butterfly, but like bully who just needs to take out his frustrations and like little, like little releases of steam, so he doesn't, you know, fucking wipe out six thousand people with a massive laser blast.
0: To bring it back around again, he does remind me of Anthony Blinken
2: a <laughs> quite a few ways. Yeah, uh, yeah. So here's it's here's, it's here's it's a
0: close clip. clip of uh, Abby Martin, great journalist, kind of a babe. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. just ripping them a not, new not one. Not crazy
2: about the new hair, but that's alright. Whatever.
0: Um, yeah, We're so- not here to talk about women's hairstyles. <laughs> Only
2: complimenting. Right. No. But but yes, yeah, for sure. Um, here. Secretary Blinken, what about
1: Shireen abu about She was murdered outside. by
0: Israeli forces. Right? CNN just agreed to this. These are your two greatest allies in the Middle East. Saudi Arabia Again? and Israel. They have uh,
2: murdered American journalists and there have been absolutely no repercussions. And you're sitting up here talking about the freedom of press and
0: democracy. The United States is denying sovereignty to tens of millions of people around the world with draconian sanctions for electing leaders that you do not like? Why is there no accountability for Israel or Saudi Arabia for murdering journalists? It is one of the most dangerous
2: places in the world to be a journalist in Palestine.
0: I deplore the loss of uh, of Shireen. She was a remarkable journalist and American citizen, uh, as you all know, and there too. We are determined to follow the facts and get to the truth. What happened, Secretary Blinken? No, all they the have respect, not. Given, no, they, I'm, I'm sorry. with respect, they have inclusive. not yet been established. Yes, we're looking has. for No, they have not. Mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. looking for an independent,
2: credible investigation. When that investigation happens, we will follow the facts wherever they lead. It's, it's uh, as straightforward as that. That has not yet happened, but it's something that we very much want to see happen.
1: And we'll have time after thank the you. panel, of course, thank to thank talk you. more about.
2: I, I love th- my favorite character in all of politics is the liberal handler who's always trying to end the 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 tough question immediately without it had the person having to answer like oh well, that's a good we, no. we,
0: we we need to move on to the next move like just it, it's so like, the boys we, it's so fucking rehearsed. but like w- w- I, I, well, imagine well, being well, that well, person there an independent investigation we're, we're gonna follow the facts when they come out at some indeterminate point in the future once you forget about all of it. But her question is not, her question is, what are you going to do about it? Right.
2: And he like, doesn't even, he, he, he couldn't even, like, offer up, like, well, if we find that they deliberately, you know, intentionally murder the journalist, we would have to, you know, consider, like, yeah, just nothing. Because he knows that they did it. He fucking knows. We all know. We saw it on fucking video. Right. And it's, it's, it's indisputable, the facts of that fucking case. And he knows they're going to face no repercussions for it because that is literally just, we saw
0: the video of, there was like a uh, five or six impact uh, points on the tree that she was standing next to. So the, the sniper fucking unloaded. Right. As she her.
2: was just standing there, there was nothing going on. There was no battle. <laughs> was, like dude just fucking, right. yeah. Getting ready to do some more reporting and yeah. No, they're not going to face any consequences because they're no. just a, a fucking extension of the US Because they're our buddies.
0: They're our buddies.
2: They're, and they're not I mean they're just us. We prop them up. They're nothing without us. They're just they're they're that's our beachhead in the Middle East. That's a that's USA. That's our franchise in the Middle East is what Israel is. Right. It's not a real fucking country. It, it, well, it's existed for less time than Dianne Feinstein's been fucking alive. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's not a real <laughs> fucking country and it shouldn't be a fucking country.
0: No, no. Israel more like isn't real. Right. <laughs> uh, I love uh, that sign. So speaking of Israel, I have a little blurb here. This is just more cheerleading from The New York Times. So yeah. I'm going to read this real quick. Just try to bear with me. I'll read it all in one sitting. Uh, and, and try not to la- I mean go ahead and laugh if you want to but like there are so many lines in this that just crack me up um, so this is <laughs> fucking just just the, the tone of this is so fucking rah-rah that like the, the notion that New York Times is somehow independent journalism is hilarious it's this is just pure propaganda right <clears throat> headline Israel builds laser weapon to zap threats out of the sky <laughs> The literal headline: To zap threats, Jerusalem. After two decades of research and experimentation, Israel defense officials now say they have a working prototype of a high-powered laser gun that can intercept rockets, mortar shells, drones, and anti-tank missiles in flight. Officials say the system performed successfully in a recent series of live-fire tests uh, in the southern Israeli desert, destroying a rocket, a mortar shell, and a drone. And prompting a standing ovation from officials watching the action on screen. The government has allocated hundreds of millions of dollars of our money to develop the weapon. And Prime Minister uh, Naftali Bennett described this week as, quote, a strategic game changer. Uh, He has pledged to, quote, surround Israel with a laser wall. That's his literal (laughs) quote. Uh, another quote here. There is a lot of promising laser work going on," said Thomas Caraco.
2: <laughs> pro- a lot of promising
0: laser work going on. But th- th- how did you say that out loud? Like, how do you- sharks with lasers? Uh, said Thomas Caraco, a senior fellow at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington, <clears throat> Pentagon. Yep.
2: Quote: This isn't.
0: <laughs> right. Quote: This isn't Star Wars fiction anymore. <laughs> Sure about that one? Oh, so, sure. yeah. Uh, none have been battle tested yet. However, the laser beams have serious limitations, like not being able to shoot through clouds. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, well, I, I guess once Hamas figures that out, then they're just going to fucking pray for rain. <laughs>
2: Oh um, yeah! Only going to
0: attack when it's overcast.
2: That's that's going to be the
0: solution. Right, right. Only
2: rocket rockets are only getting launched when it's overcast. At if it's sunny, fuck, can't do it.
0: <laughs> Israel's ground-based laser air defense system, named Iron Beam, <laughs> is intended to complement but not replace other elements of Israel's defense. Arsenal. Our other fake
2: laser system that we yeah. have.
0: <laughs> Including Iron Dome, the well-known short-range missile interception system, which is only, I think, 1% effective at the time, uh, as well as medium and long-range missile interception (laughs) systems. Sorry, But the quest for laser weapons has had a long history of failure. Uh Uh-oh. In 1983, President Ronald Reagan created the Strategic Defense Initiative, widely mocked as Star Wars, to find a way to shoot down nuclear ballistic missiles, including by laser technology after spending more than 200 billion dollars with little to show for it that effort was abandoned in 1993 i, I remember that shit back too when it was like you know we, we we were still in the depths of the cold war and like i literally like once i understood what like nuclear bombs were like i would look at the sky and be like i wonder if that's a, that cloud's a nuclear bomb because i was like six you know i didn't really know right. things <laughs> um <laughs> but I think it was just a way to terrify children, honestly. Right, most right. It's
2: just fucking horseshit. Always, horse yeah. Shit.
0: But I remember like the whole idea like, we're gonna have like fucking lasers shooting shit out of the sky, and people just laughed at that. That was like really when <laughs> like the first time me hearing about that that I recall people just like openly mocking reagan and i was like but he's the president you can't do that and that was kind of like the beginning (laughs) of my political awareness because you know when you're like a little kid you just like he's the only president you know i've got that's the king right right?" can you do that like what are you right like (laughs) are you
2: allowed to do that yeah
0: so to finish it up here the technology has now shifted from chemical lasers which required corrosive and toxic chemicals to include uh or sorry to induce a beam and machinery almost the size of an on-site laboratory to now solid-state lasers, which only require copious amounts of electricity.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. That's it. It's just
0: <laughs> Israeli officials say the main advantage of the iron beam will be its cost, with uh, intercept uh, interceptions costing little more than the power they need to operate it. Bennett said the Iron Beam interceptions cost about $3.50 a shot compared to tens of thousands of dollars a piece for the Iron Dome interceptions.
2: <laughs> that doesn't fucking work, You're right?
0: Like, okay, so th- they'll just use it more. They're just going to start fucking y- pointing it at us, too. Well, they realize Run.
2: the technology doesn't work either way, so they're just going to at least use the one that's not costing them tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> so they don't... So they can pretend oh, yeah. like they're doing a ton, but they're, you know, of course not actually... Well, the thing I
0: wonder, like, cause you know, like n- not all laser light is visible, you know, it might be infrared right. laser, like, but basically the idea is like the, it's the, the beam is so intense that it, they target a inner, interco- inner incoming rocket and superheat it till it detonates in the air. But like you're talking miles and miles and miles away and an object that's moving faster than a bullet. Right. So, uh, how are you going to admit a laser so focused on something that's moving that fast and, and keep locked on it long enough to heat it up to detonate it? Like, there's, there's, it's there's just no fucking it's just way. Not,
2: it's sci fi. It's not fucking. The, right. the technology doesn't exist yeah it's it's fucking horseshit. It's, it's somebody went to
0: a fucking expo and somebody had a fucking thing and they did a thing and they're like hey we got rich from it right right a guy so in the a last black, line black
2: suit with like a black shirt underneath you know and a, and a right. black tie it was like look i got guys this is the newest thing you're gonna fucking love this like, like yeah
0: yeah i'll skip the last sentence it doesn't really yeah so anyway. i
2: mean yeah total horseshit as per usual but that's what we've come to expect uh out of, out of I, just, I literally
0: I'm, I'm reading the article as i was first reading it i'm like what do they call this iron beam and then i get to the part where it's like <laughs> iron beam. i'm like oh my fucking you, you, they called it iron beam oh fucking God.
2: what a joke like what a fucking joke i mean just just what a joke of a fucking not real country but um yeah all right well th- i think that wraps us up for today um we had some other stuff just we to I hit, had but... one
0: last little bit I wanted to... It's yeah, 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 okay. I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> we, really, really got to wrap. It's super late. But um, yeah, so oh, well, we'll, just, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save it for, for next, next week. week. <laughs> right, right, right. We'll save it for next <laughs> week.
2: Um, but yeah, so uh, that does it for us for this week. But if you want to uh, support the show, you can rate, review, subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left facebook.com slash move left idiots uh, uh patreon.com slash move left i am on twitter at move underscore left
0: uh and i'm on twitter at bike study
2: yeah we'll see you next week